Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 107-105 win over the New York Knicks. In the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, the Hawks win Game 1 up at Madison Square Garden. Trey Young dazzles with a game-winning floater, and the Hawks get a big win up in New York. Without further ado, let's get into it. What a game. What a game. Both teams played ridiculously hard. They both came in with the same record of 41 and 31 on the season. This was a four and five seed matchup in the East, and this game came down to the end. Just a true battle, and for the Hawks to go into an electric atmosphere up at Madison Square Garden, and for Trey Young to really show out and get the win, it was incredible. And this was a game that seemed like at first the Hawks may able to may be able to build a big lead and, and be comfortable, but like playoff basketball, Knicks came back and this turned into a giant slugfest. So let's get into it. This game started off with the Hawks kind of playing as well as they would play all game and building a 24-16 lead in the first quarter. The starters for the Hawks played really well. Trey opened the game with six points and four assists in that first quarter, um, and it looks like the Hawks would be able to build a double-digit lead and kind of keep the Knicks at bay. Nate McMillan made a interesting decision to do a full switch of the the team to have starters replaced by the backups. He would go with a 10-man rotation for the entire game, and I thought that was a little bit of a mistake to go to a full second-man unit. And the New York Knicks were able to dig in and fight their way back and ultimately make a run to, in the second quarter, cut this lead from 10 uh, the, the max, it would be 11, all the way down to two at halftime. Um, the Knicks would score 34 points in the second, and that was a little bit of a precursor where in the first quarter, the Hawks held the Knicks to 16 points. They really did a nice job on Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, um, and the Knicks would just get going with their second unit. This would be a theme for most of the game. The Knicks would outscore the Hawks from the bench 64-31, to 31. A lot of that coming from Alec Burks. Burks turned out to be a player the Hawks just had no answer for. And that would become big in the fourth quarter, but he was really able to get going in the first half, just as well as Derrick Rose coming off the bench. And I think we may have to create a special designation for Derrick Rose because while Alfred Payton starts for the Knicks, um, he played eight minutes the entire game. He started the first quarter and he started the third quarter. But he didn't play at all after that his first stint. And it's something to look forward to in Game 2. I think Thibodeau may just decide that Alfred Payton shouldn't play at all um, and may try to tighten his rotation that way. But Derrick Rose also had a big game off the bench, scoring 17 points. He had five rebounds, five assists, and a steal. And he was doing Derrick Rose things, getting into the paint, getting to the basket, and hitting layups. But the bench for the Knicks is really what kept him in this. The Hawks did a nice job on Julius Randle, who had really destroyed the Hawks in the three matchups that they faced in the regular season. Um, Randall was held to 15 points, RJ Barrett 14 points, and the starters really weren't doing anything. The Hawks starters were really taking care of business, but it was that second unit that really did a good job for the Knicks and kept this game interesting. And ultimately, in the third quarter, the Knicks would take their first lead and actually build a lead up to seven points before Lou Williams came in at the end of the third period, had kind of his finest spurt where he had five straight points to close the period. 
before scoring as well at the beginning of the fourth quarter to tie the game. But this was a game that went back and forth, had big swings. Again, the Hawks had a double-digit lead very early. Then the Knicks fought back, were able to take a seven-point lead at towards the end of the third quarter. And then for the fourth quarter, man, this game went back and forth, and that's reflected in the score. The Hawks would outscore the Knicks 36-32. to But this was back and forth, and the Knicks got a huge performance from Alec Burks in the fourth quarter. He had 18 of his 27 points in that final period. He was plus eight on the game, a team high. And the Hawks, again, just did not have any answer. He was getting to threes. He was doing a lot of his damage on the left side of the floor where he was either starting in the corner or getting to a little um, shot. He would step in from the three-point and get to a bucket, but he was just able to really hit a ton of shots and do a good job at Towards the end of the fourth quarter, these teams were going back and forth. The Hawks built a four-point lead with about three minutes to go on DeAndre Hunter's three-pointer. And then the Knicks would go on a 7-0 run themselves to get up by three before Bogdan Bogdanovich hit a ridiculous three after R.J. Barrett kind of got in the passing lane. It hit R.J. in the back. Bogdan was able to pick the ball up, step behind the three-point line, and drain a three as the clock went under one minute and we were tied and this game would just come down to the final buzzer where ultimately the Hawks would get a big shot from their biggest star as Trey would take the ball from the backcourt be able to dribble around Frank Nilakina. Um Todd Gibson would try to help with a double team but would be a little bit too late and then Trey hit his floater that it was kind of working all game to have the final two points that put the Hawks ahead and uh, left only 0.9 seconds left on the clock for the Knicks. The Knicks would get one last gasp, but Julius Randle was unable to get the shot off before the clock expired, and the Hawks got a big win in Madison Square Garden. Like I said, at the beginning of the game, this atmosphere was electric. The Knicks fans were super excited to be there, and at the beginning of the game, they started a chant. They just said, F.U. Trey, F.U. Trey, F.U. Trey. And Trey clearly remembered that because after he hit the floater, he immediately turned around and started saying, it's awfully quiet in here now. It's really quiet in here now. And he put his finger up to his mouth to shush the crowd. And it was pretty awesome. He also also ice Trey threw up the shiver uh, motion. And it was just a really awesome moment to see Trey Young not only hit the big shot, but be ready for it and really go to go at the crowd. And the crowd was in into the game the whole time you got to give that new york crowd a lot of credit when they were down by double digits early in the game they didn't waver at all and then with each big shot um rj barrett had a huge dunk to tie the game went crazy manuel quigley had a couple of big three pointers and after every three the crowd was really into it and this was just a heavyweight fight and one that really went down to the uh to the final seconds of the game um it was super exciting a bunch of big shots each time it felt like the Knicks or the Hawks were going to take a lead and be able to extend. The other team came back and hit a big shot. I did think there were a couple of opportunities where the Hawks could take a four-point lead and push it to six or take a six-point lead and push it to nine. And I thought there was a little bit of poor decision-making um, from Trey Young or whoever was having the ball. Uh, Danilo Gallinari had a tough turnover in the fourth quarter where he had got the ball down 
on the baseline and it looked like he got fouled by Todd Gibson. The rest did not call it. The rest didn't call a lot of fouls in this game and it cost the Hawks about four points. Just Danilo didn't get a basket and the Knicks came down and got one. But um, on the whole, I thought, first of all, we can go through some of these Hawks players. Trey Young was fantastic. Trey played 35 minutes, 11 of 23 from the field. He was able to get into the paint and hit a lot of his floaters. He was just one of three on his three-pointers. One of his three-pointers was, I would say, a a shot that needed, did not need to be taken. It was kind of a shot to uh, knock out the Knicks. But otherwise, one of three on his three-pointers and nine of nine at the free-throw line. The Hawks, as a team, were 11 of 12 at the free-throw line, which was huge. In a game that they won by two points, they only missed one free-throw. The Knicks would miss four free-throws and a couple down the stretch that really ultimately would cost them the game. But Trey Young, 9 of 9 from the free-throw line for 32 points. He had seven rebounds, two of them offensive. It's always amazing to see Trey, even when he doesn't hit his floater, he's there to follow his shot and get a board and possibly help his team score then. He had 10 assists just two turnovers and just and the game winning shot and it was just a masterful performance from Trey in his first playoff game up in Madison Square Garden he seemed to relish playing up there and being um leading the Hawks into enemy territory and it was just a beautiful beautiful performance Bogdan Bogdanovich was amazing three point he played 33 and a half minutes 7 of 15 from the field 4 of 9 from three point land for 18 points Two of his threes came in the fourth quarter that were just ridiculous. One with a Trey had a, flung a one-handed pass across the court to Bogdan in the corner, kind of reminiscent of the shot he hit to tie the game against the Knicks earlier this year. Uh, he drained it as a Nick player came flying towards him. And then, as I described earlier, Trey found Bogdan with about a minute to go, and Bogdan was able to hit a three-pointer to tie the game. And it was just really good to see this. I mean, Bogdan has ice in his veins. It is his three-point shooting when it is crunch time is incredible. And he also played some pretty good defense on Derrick Rose. And uh, Bogdan just continues to be a huge pickup for the Hawks. He had four rebounds, two assists, two steals, just one turnover, and was a team high plus 17 on the night. John Collins is a player I think the Hawks can, can, can continue to go to. He played 35 minutes. You know that's big, and he only foul. He only had one personal foul. If JC is going out there and only fouling once, he had a lot of time guarding Julius Randle. That's that's an excellent performance right there. But he also was super efficient shooting the ball. Five of nine, two of four on his threes for twelve points. He had seven rebounds, a steal, and two blocks. Um, Clint Capella, thirty-four and a half minutes. I think one thing Nate McMillan's going to have to work on is his rotation with these guys and Clint Capella is huge. It is very noticeable when Clint Capella is not on the court and making sure that Capella is available at end of games. It's going to be something Nate McMillan's really going to have to work on, but four of seven from the field, one of two on his free throws for nine points. He had 13 rebounds, four of them offensive and two blocks. One thing the Knicks I thought did an especially good job on was rebounding. Um, Capella got his 13 rebounds, but the Hawks were out rebounded 49 to 42 and the Knicks got 13 offensive rebounds. It didn't hurt them too too much, but the Hawks were also outscored on second chance points 17 to 10. So that is an area that they can clean up. And if they're able to do that, they might, might be able to win these games more comfortably. But 
Clint Capella continues to be huge for the Hawks, and he was again tonight. DeAndre Hunter started, played 22 minutes, started guarding Julius Randle. Randle would not have his best performance, so it was very good to see Hunter get some good quality defensive time in. He was just 2 of 6 from the field, 1 of 4 on his 3-pointers for 5 points. His 3-pointer was huge in that 4th quarter that put the Hawks up 4 briefly before the Knicks went on their big 7-0 run. At the end of the game, he also had 4 rebounds and just 1 turnover. Off the bench, you can't say enough about what Lou Williams did. I didn't think he was great in the first half. I really didn't agree with what Nate McMillan did, having the full second unit go out there. But in the third quarter, there is no doubt that Lou Williams really brought it for the Hawks. The Hawks went down seven, and it was teetering. The Madison Square Garden was rocking, and Lou Williams got the ball. It was a two-for-one situation, got the ball, went up the court, drained a two. The Hawks played some really good defense, was able to get the ball to Lou Williams, and Lou Williams didn't wait to run the clock all the way out for the end of the quarter, but got to the three-point uh, got behind the three-point line on his favorite spot on the left side of the court and drained a three to bring the Hawks within two going into the fourth quarter. And that little run by itself was huge for the Hawks. He had finished the game with 13 points, two assists, and plus two, which led the bench um, for the Hawks. Kevin Herter, I thought, was very effective. 27 minutes, three of seven from the field, just one of four on his threes. He did make one of one. Uh, free throws on a very nice and one where he went right at Taj Gibson. He had eight points, four rebounds, an assist, and a steal. Gallinari had a really rough night, and it's going to be interesting to see going forward if Nate McMillan sticks with players who are just not having their night go very effectively. Gallo played 23 minutes. He was three of 11 from the field, hit one of seven three-pointers for seven points. Um, It's just a tough night for Gallo, and if he's not doing well on the offensive end, he did. He was also part of the Hawks' um, plan to help stop Julius Randle and was pretty good at that, but it's just hard to play Gallo if he's not able to get any shots to go down. Tony Snell played 13 minutes, hit one three-pointer, had two rebounds, an assist, and a steal. And then Akagwu only played three minutes in the first half, and only his only statistic was one foul. So it'll be interesting watching Nate McMillan Um, how his rotation will evolve and what he does with the rotations. For the Knicks, their game starts with Alec Burks. Again, 27 points. He had three rebounds, four assists, team high plus eight. Um, Just was really able to help the Knicks stay in this game and have a real possibility of winning it at the end of the game. They also got 17 points from Derrick Rose, 15 from Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett had 14 points in a couple of electric plays that really got Madison Square Garden going. Obi Toppin was pretty effective. He only played 12 minutes, but he had a massive dunk and a three-pointer, both which really got the crowd into it. He had a rebound and assist. Um, Nerlens Noel went out with injury. He only played 24 minutes, was two of three from the field, and hit both of his free throws, six points, three rebounds, two blocks. Um, He, again, went out. And the end of the third quarter, he sort of landed awkwardly on his foot and would not return. And that is something to monitor going forward because, again, the uh, Knicks had an excellent plan of attack this game to really group rebound and not allow the Hawks to dominate that area of the the game. And without Nerland's Noel, that's a lot tougher for the Knicks to do. Reggie Bullock was a team low minus 14. The sharpshooter who 
really destroyed the Hawks during the regular season. Just couldn't get going. It could not get going from deep. He was 0 of 5, just 3 of 9 on the game. Um, and the Hawks did a really nice job on him. But it was really the bench that kept the Knicks in this and is going to have to be the focus of the Hawks going forward because otherwise the Hawks played a really nice game and were able to keep kind of the big guys in check. But Alec Burks off the bench did a really nice job of getting to his spots. Early in the game, he was able to draw a couple fouls to get him to the free throw line. Um, the Hawks, like I said, would not have as many free throws as the Knicks. And at a certain point, Bullock by, um, excuse me, Burks by himself had more free throw attempts than the Hawks. But down the stretch, Trey was able to get his free throw, get to the free throw line and get those working. But uh, just really good game. To show you how evenly matched this game was, both teams hit 42 shots. The Hawks were 42 of 90, the Knicks 42 of 94. Um, both hit 11 free throws. Hawks 11 of 12, New York 11 of 15. The rebounds 42 to 49. The assists 17 to 21. Um, this was just a very even game that came down to whoever had the last shot, and the Hawks were able to be the team that had the last shot. Now, causes for concern for the Hawks, I mean, even points in the paint was 50 to 50. Um, cause of concern for the Hawks, the uh, bench scoring has got to be an issue. And like I said, we may create a special designation for Derrick Rose, who is technically off the bench, but for all intents and purposes is a starter. But even if you take out Rose's 17 points, the Hawks got outscored there uh, 47 to 31, and that is just unacceptable, and it's going to be tough for the Hawks to get wins like that. Of course, it's probably really good that the Hawks were able to have a tough night from Danilo Gallinari, and really DeAndre Hunter didn't shoot the ball particularly well but and still able to get a win. But at the same time, they were barely able to get a win when Julius Randle had a really tough night shooting, and R.J. Barrett did. So they did do a good job, and you know all you can do is go up and get the dub, and they, and they did that. They take a 1-0 lead in this series. The next game in the series is on Tuesday before it shifts to Atlanta to be played on Friday and Sunday. So big game for the Hawks, just a ton of fun to watch. Go watch that fourth quarter. I've watched it a few times now. It's just so exciting. There's you know Whenever you think that one team has to lead, the other one hits a couple of ridiculous three-pointers. Trey Young had an and one to answer one of them. It is just great basketball, and it's awesome to see the Hawks playing really, really meaningful basketball and to see Trey get elevated on this big stage. But you also got awesome performances from Bogdan Bogdanovich, Lou Williams, um, and it'll be a ton of fun to see going forward. Again, I think some, the, some areas the Hawks can tighten up a little bit. Work on these rotations. I, I would not like to see all – all bench unit ever again in this series. I just don't think that that unit has enough uh, juice to to be competitive. I think the Hawks can also do a little bit better job of getting John Collins um, integrated and more involved in the offense a little bit. But other than that, concentrate on owning the boards. Don't let the Knicks uh, win the boards again and um, continue to just find, take what has been easy. There was a point in time when the Hawks went away from the pick and roll and Trey getting into the middle of the paint. He had eight straight points for the Hawks at one point, and then they went away from that, but they were able to come back to it at the end of the game when it mattered most. So huge game from the Hawks. Like I said, they're now 1-0 in this series. They need to get to four wins before the Knicks do to advance, and uh, they're on the way to doing that. Um, but this was a 
thoroughly exciting game, and I think that should just continue. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks.